Yo, 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 it's Sly Cooper here today with the Foundation <laughs> Podcast. I am with my co-host as always, False King. Hello. And we have a man who needs no introduction, but I insist anyway, Omniscient. Do you want to say hello? Hello. <laughs> and uh, we're talking today about, uh, what was it, guys? Um, online censorship. Online censorship, that's right. Mm -hmm. Um. Um, I'm interested, what's your position on online censorship? I am very much against it. Um, you know, through my years of, of, actually, if you go all the way back to the start of Hack Farms, a lot of it was built on the fact that felt we needed a place to openly talk about tech. Mm -hmm. You know, where um, it wasn't necessarily like, oh, crime and you know, how do you, how do you, you know, steal credit cards and stuff like that, but basically more open discussion of, like, how do uh, rats work and how does malware get written and things like that. And too often it was, like, only on the dark web um, was that discussion prevalent. And I felt there was a space in between uh, the white hat world and black hat world where discussions and yeah so so starting with hackbox where i felt my position began against online censorship i mean that and makes sense like a, and it's also a good way to learn i mean if you for example move everything to dark web or something you're not going to get people who are genuinely interested in it. like having okay. an open discussion about it uh, being able to learn from each other like even those for example, creating a rat, it still teaches you how to code. Yeah. Well, and you also probably, Omni, have a unique experience when it comes to censorship, because when you started off with hack forums and stuff, it was still at this um, era where these kinds of things, this kind of technology was still pretty new to a lot of people, especially legislators and stuff like that. And uh, probably a lot of this, like hearing hack forums in general, I don't know, it probably sounded a little creepy to some people. It wasn't as well understood, at least as it is in like 2021, you know? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to call a little BS on that. I feel like things have gotten worse actually for me. Um, in, in most respects, there's been a continuing negative publicity toward hackers, especially now with some of these like enormous, I mean, they just had to, what someone's power grid went out and they blamed it on, or was it some uh, powers grid that went out from hackers or something? It was just in the news like a month ago. Um, and then you have all these high profile ransomwares. Yeah. Um, so a lot of negative news goes out there. It's not just simply like, um, even when I started, there was all the Anon stuff, and they were basically harassing people. But it wasn't, he's like, hey, we stole $100 million back. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's actually surprising. I, I kind of expect that as technology becomes more accessible and, and, and people understand it more, you'd see less of But I guess as technology is becoming more accessible, people are getting highlighted on technology and starting to become more afraid. I don't know. Um, I guess. That's the, that's the key. And see, I'm just going to cut you off because I'm going to take a oh, guy. You're fine. But um, this, is, this is the problem is that uh, we're living in a fear-based society, and that is really the um, beginning of where censorship comes from. People are afraid of what you're saying. 
And so they believe that if they can restrict you from saying something, that it's going to restrict you from thinking something. And that is going to prevent you from doing something. You know, I think they put those together. So they're using all this fear to try to, like, get rid of shit. And that's really what I want to talk about today. You asked me, like, hey, what do you want to talk about? I said censorship. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, to me, it's a, it's a huge topic for today that I think is ignored too much. And this actually is so really interesting. So, so basically, 30 minutes before we uh, started to get on Discord at the chat, um, there was a news thing in the Netherlands. So one of our most well, controversial uh, politicians has been summoned by the court to remove some posts from Twitter. And that is like, it, it really fits in the online censorship part. And I, I'm still a little bit divided uh, if I agree with it, uh, this is like a, for me at least an ongoing battle in my mind constantly because I feel like I'm fully for the freedom of expressions, but sometimes it feels like should it be an absolute freedom or not? And in, in this case, it's uh, someone was comparing um, the measures in the Netherlands with the Holocaust, and actually, the, a few Jewish organizations were the ones to create the court case, like, hey, this is really hurtful for us. And I'm still a little bit divided on what should be, if there should be a limit. That's tough specifically. I mean, like, well, for one, because, like, I'm the, you do bring up that fear is a big part. And I think that there there is a, a huge correlation between fear and loss of freedom, you know? Uh, we've seen that with, like, NSA being able to basically watch us whenever they want to and stuff, you know, because people are afraid of terrorism and things like that. But and but then you have certain instances where you have a group of people, maybe like Jewish people, that have a legitimate fear of, um, you know, uh, anti-Semitic rhetoric. Um, but is it worth actually giving up people's freedom of speech over? I'm not sure. Oh, I think no. I think the answer to that is no. That's part of what America was founded on. It was one of our, our, it was our first amendment to the Constitution. Um, and I'm going to read for you, you know, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment, respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the bread of people people uh, to peaceably to assemble and to petition government for a redress of grievances. And I think if you read that and then think of what's going on today, I can't help but to feel much of that is threatened. And it, it starts with what we're able to say, uh, starts with what we're able, what's being prohibited from us saying, um, you know, religion aside that's being attacked on its own, uh, in decline. Um, but also to to petition the government for our redresses to protest and stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. also many times under threat, you know. So I just feel like, you know, our, this is our First Amendment, and it, and it was first because it's the most important. They recognize us right away that we must have these freedoms. I think there's a huge difference between saying things and expressing things um, than action. And it's always the action which has been criminal. But um, it's increasingly becoming an issue speaking or thinking or expressing. And I just 
thing I know that everyone is going to say, oh, but a private company uh, has the right to do what it wants. Um, and that first uh, amendment is restricted to government's action. And okay, well. Yeah, but that's, I do get that argument. I think I made it myself a few times too. Um, but then it's also a little bit, because yeah, it also belongs to capitalism. Like, the company should choose for themselves. On the other side, when you become so big as a Twitter or a Facebook, um, you actually have a responsibility to society. And something I wholeheartedly believe is that. Um, it doesn't matter if you agree with an opinion or not. It doesn't matter if you agree with what someone is saying or not. But removing it um, is, first of all, removing the debate. Um, you're pushing people on the edge. And there might, of course, be people on every side that aren't going to discuss. They don't want to discuss. They just want to riot. They just want to get their opinion out without listening. But you have to deal with those, which if you censor things, you are going to make it suspicious and you're actually going to um, put doubters over the line of something that might be dangerous. Um, th- I think that's actually what's growing. The censorship is growing the whole feeling attacked part. Like, hey, this is wrong. Something is going wrong. Yeah. It's not helping either one bit. If you think about it, we have something that I don't think the founding fathers could have ever expected, but we basically have a situation where we as a country have the freedom to assemble, the freedom to speak, all these kinds of things in public spaces, right? Uh, that's technically land owned by the United States of America, right? But now imagine if private companies somehow bought out all of the land in America and could basically regulate what you say while you're on their private land. That seems to be what social media is now becoming as more of a public space, right? Let me address that because this is the perfect segue to so a couple things I want to get to about this. So, in 1934 is when they started the Communications Decency Act, and that is when they wanted to censor radio. And then, of course, that has continued on, and now um, that's why on TV we don't have swearing and nudity. So, there is censorship of private companies by the government that has existed for a very long time, and there is the FCC which regulates communication, sends out the fines, and says what can and can't be sent, and how communications must work, and who can be what. Um, so, what's my train of thought? I need another cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the government does all these things already. They, they already yeah. They're already putting up laws. Yeah. But these aren't public spaces, right? Like, there's... No, no, this is my thought, sorry. I lost my thought, I just got back. So, the government already regulates this. Now, years ago, the government had, uh, has broken up monopolies. They, like, you're too powerful, you're too big, and there's not enough competition in the marketplace because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, we know that you have Facebook, Twitter, um, and that basically rules the, the, the social media landscape. Um, so why aren't they broken? Facebook goes and by Instagram, the government allows it. So the government's allowed these monopolies. So these are government-sanctioned monopolies who, under government pressure, when they were brought in front of Congress, were told that what was going on with their websites had to be reined in because it was, uh, you know, used to burden fucking problems. So they totally put them under pressure to create more censorship on their websites, which we've seen over the past year. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, even even going back a little further, and you can directly see them getting front of Congress, to them going back fucking home to their headquarters, and a month later there's new fucking rules for censorship and what can and cannot be said. Because Congress is really clear to them. Either you fucking rain this shit in, or we're gonna fucking do it for you. Now, does that sound like we have freedom? And does that not does that sound that sounds like government interference to me with fucking what we can and can't say? They're using a private company to restrict this, but they're not fucking, they got a fucking monopoly. I mean, a, co- a site like Gab, which does allow you to say whatever we want for the most part, um, has a very small percentage of the fucking social media space. But so, uh, let, let's say it's a different hypothetical situation. Sorry, we love playing advocate. Uh, let's say, for example, you get a communist party in America who becomes quite big and is actually like. Amendment on destroying, for example, the First Amendment. Oh, you mean the uh, Democrats? <laughs> I'm going to keep that in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but would you, for, for example, um, if people are calling for, for example, um, let's let's say Trump should be murdered. Uh, let's say people are calling for Trump to be murdered. Um, it was actually Democrats that. Uh, it, it might be. <laughs> yes, I'm not going to deny that one. Um, but let's say they phrase it in a way like, I think he should be murdered. So it's not like actual call to action, like we should murder, but it could be in a free speech. And let's say that, that's a thought that gets really popular, like it gets really mm-hmm. widespread, like we think we should murder mm-hmm. Trump. Is yeah. that not something that like should be limited in a way? Happened. Kathy Griffin held up President Trump's uh, uh, model of his head on, uh, I don't know if it was a picture and spread on her Twitter or something like that, yeah. you know, dripping with blood and stuff. And the Secret Service, who is uh, the protective president, went and interviewed. So, again, so it's not like, she, and of course, you know, people call to cancel her and all this stuff and you know, point out how wrong it was, but she wasn't arrested. Um, because there was no intent there. Um, she should have done it disrespectful, but I am going to stand up for her right to do that, you know, because I, I think it was the comedian. She's obviously, you know, you can't, you can't sit there and say, oh, somebody's inciting hatred, you know, and, and which is another segue to a topic of the inciting of hatred is often used in um, terms of service. Um, like when you join Facebook or Twitter, that that, that terminology. The thing that nobody reads. <laughs> oh, I read them all the time. I read them. Yeah, I'm a fucker. I'm a fuck that guy. I read fucking legal <laughs> shit. Um, but, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. So like, actually today, I'm, I went to that new world website, Odyssey. That video site. Have you guys seen it? Not yet. No. It's kind of like, so I'm always looking for ways to spread out my internet usage away from YouTube, Twitter, Reddit, you know, try to find other evidence, you know. So it's hopefully people do that and find hack forums. Um, but I was looking up Odyssey's Terms of Service and Community Guidelines, and it's a, it's a new video site, and there's a lot of content there. Um, but one of the terms used there was uh, against policy, was inciting hatred. Um, and I feel like that's a term that's too broad. It hampers our ability to speak openly. Yeah. Um, and 
you know, like I'm going to use an example, a little incendiary, but um, let's say I start making fun of people's sexual orientations and I'm going to offend people. What if I start saying things about pedophiles? Um, am I inciting hatred against pedophiles? And nobody's going to mind right now because that's fine. Like, hey, you know, but you only have to go back maybe 20 or 30 years, maybe even a little less. And if I was to say something about uh, cross-dressers or transsexuals and stuff like that, probably would have been ignored. Um, and, and now, of course, today you can't say anything um, about transsexuals because it's been very normalized and it's A-OK. Um, and if I do tweet out something, um, I could be branded like a transphobe. And so but what, what, where is the limit of like, like, okay, today you're offending people and you can't do it. Tomorrow, okay, we're not offended. You know, yesterday you weren't offended, today you're offended. Why have that terminology? Um, and it, it also really yeah. becomes the, the dependent on the society's perspective, because I actually think that what you said about pedophiles made me think about something. If I think I'm correct, it's Greece, uh, but for example, in Greece, I think, for example, pedophilia is rated as a mental illness. Yeah. Uh, right. And it's a really good example. Like, people oh, there can freely to talk about it, like, they can have their opinion, but probably if you're going to defend a pedophile in, for example, America, the Netherlands, like, hey, he's not a criminal, he's mentally ill, right. you're going to be fucking hated on for it. Like, you cannot have that opinion. And so, uh, the, the online censorship isn't only laws and by companies, it's also by society itself. Like, we are basically... I, I, kind of think that, that, that censorship is not really coming from the companies itself, it's coming from the user. They are voicing so much hatred for certain things that they are basically forcing a platform to take action. Yeah, well, and I don't think that any of this honestly should be censored. Like, I, I, am, I think you're free to hate people. I think you're free to even cultivate a community of hatred. As I mean, when you become... When you start harassing people and stuff, that's actually illegal, right? So, like, that's different. But the thing is, there's other ways, like, like Omni pointed out, um, when Kathleen Lee Griffin did the whole head thing, the yeah, Secret that was, Service, that right? The Secret Service went to interview her, right? If you have a community of people that are saying, like, I think this guy should die, and that starts building and it becomes serious, we have other means than to cut away freedom than to handle that. We can start investigating people to make sure these aren't legitimate um threats you know right like instead of taking away freedoms we could just do it that way and that makes a lot more sense to me i this one of the lines i i don't know I, I think that people are so ready to cut people's freedom of speech off in order to just kill the problem because it's easy and it's it's it feels really self-righteous when you when you get to do it you know when there's much better ways to handle it others oh, yeah so bad you're, yeah you're also creating new problems because eventually this is going to lead right uh i mean Example is, for example, a lot of people who voted Trump are probably going to uh, Trump's social media website because they are being censored on Twitter. So what is happening? You're actually breaking up the conversation. You're you're pushing people. Uh -huh. away. You're dividing people more. Um, you're completely like, breaking down. Like on Twitter is breaking down people having a conversation. 
Yeah, I mean, like, do we really believe that there was a magical insurgence of Nazi rhetoric? No, what really happened was that they were all underground because people shut them the fuck up. And now all of a sudden they came back to light and everybody's like, well, where did all these Nazis come from? Well, they were actually all there. You know what I mean? Like they were hanging out, yeah. cultivating by themselves because nobody was there to argue against them or to, to, to speak to them. You know, they, they were in echo chambers, basically. Uh, yeah, so that, that, that's, that's also a really good one. Like you're, you're pushing it around, like they, you cannot keep an eye on it. Or so actual dangerous things, uh, for example, like let's say someone really wants to kill all Jews again. They are now going to keep that off the clear net. You're not going to see that. You don't have an eye on it. You don't see it developing. Uh, the, the actual dangerous things become invisible. Mm -hmm. While the things that aren't dangerous, the things that are just opinions, stay there. So it, it, it doesn't help one bit. So, um, you know, the problem is I don't feel there's balance. So, like, you know, I don't want to pick on the gay or trans community, but they're just an example of uh, progressiveness and how, um, you know, an element of society has become accepted. And, and that's fine. I'm going to start off by saying I am not an advocator of hate. I am not a guy who hates people. I am mm -hmm. a total live and let live type of guy. Oh, yeah, I just don't give a fuck. You know, like, I don't care if you're KKK, I don't care if you're Proud Boy, I don't care if you're trans, I, you know, go live your life. I, I, I got my house, I'm in here, so I don't give a shit what you're doing there, you know, go live your life. Um, but I don't think there's balance in society when I see that them, you know, when I see uh, the gay agenda that they call it or whatever, when I see all that progressiveness and then I see a pushback. Uh, against other elements of society because it's it doesn't gel with that that one and they call that hate well i mean well, isn't it hate both ways i mean you can't say that gay people like nazis oh okay, yeah no you know for sure I mean? yeah no, they, I, sorry. They, they can't be like no they're okay people you know i i have to assume that like let's say you're a jew you hate nazis you probably are like, oh, my buddy's a Nazi, it's cool. You know, I, I assume they don't like each other. I don't have a problem with that. I, you know, I just don't think there's balance going on. So, like, allowing certain groups to express themselves. Um, I see so much, like, progressive and leftism, like, on social media. I mean, so much. And you, every time somebody says anything, that's on the right or conservative, it's very much oppressed. Very much. Their person is fucking downvoted. Their fucking statements are removed. Um, it, I'm not cool with that. I'm just like, eh. Basically, only you're being censored by your PC now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. The censorship doesn't end, you know. Um, <laughs> Let me try to segue us to a little, the same topic, but um, just a different take. So we talked a little bit about what's going on with hatred and social media and stuff like that. But, you know, uh, censorship also goes um, to stuff less uh, ambiguous, in my opinion, and that's whistleblowers. Um, right now we're having all these government whistleblowers who are under huge attack that have been jail, we got Julian Assange, um, there's other whistleblowers in just the U.S. government who uh, immediately get, like, censored and arrested, you know, WikiLeaks, fuck, you know, they put that shit out there and, and what 
look inside. She's like, what, 14 years or 12 years? Buffalo in prison, 17 years? Some ungodly long time. Yeah, I mean... Um, and that's censorship. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one, right? Because there is... Uh, you have to philosophically ask, uh, are there things that the government can hide from its people legitimately that shouldn't be allowed to be whistleblown upon, right? Um, okay, so... The First Amendment clearly states um, breach the freedom of speech or of the press. So whistleblowers, and there's actual laws protecting whistleblowers that seemingly just get ignored. They're like, oh no, you're not a whistleblower. You were part of the retrieval of the information. Like, you asked for it. But yeah, the source comes to you and says, you know, I know this happened. You're like, well, I need documented proof. All of a sudden, just by saying that, you are now, like, part of the conspiracy to steal the data from the government. Yeah. And also to turn that around. So, basically, for example, when something like the NSA happens, people always say, like, if you are not doing wrong, you have nothing to hide. So, in <laughs> yeah, my no. opinion, you know, to turn that around, in my opinion, the same counts then for the government. So, if you're not doing anything wrong, you know, to hide. Exactly, yeah, not yeah. to hide. A whistleblower should not exist. No, that's exactly. fair. Yeah. Exactly. The government works for us. At least it's supposed to. Um, but does anyone really feel like that? Does anyone really think like, oh, the government's for the people? I don't think that. Especially not America. I don't. I don't think you know. Like I don't know. It's something. I don't want to go into this too much. But like I know there's always so. Like I hear a lot of Europeans or something talk about the Americans uh, and their Second Amendment <laughs> and stuff. And like they're they're like you know why don't you just give your guns back to the government and not worry about? It? I'm like, do you trust the American government? I don't think any other country trusts the American government. <laughs> you know, you just, go, like, just to, to go kind of hypocritical. Um, a little bit of the Dutch example, where that's why I also understand why people distrust the government. The same thing, like, we just came out of the longest post-war formation of our government, has uh, literally been finalized today. Um, and that happened due to the fact that our political um, system was fallen, like, our cabinet fell, because of the a hidden thing, like, a whistleblower happened. Uh, the, the prime minister was caught lying. Uh, mm -hmm. yes. They hurt a lot of people financially, like a lot of people who already had no money. They they were our tax service, like just completely screwed them over. And every branch of government filled, like the judicial system said we filled, government said we filled. They stepped down. Um, every part filled. And which parties are currently going to form the new government? The exact same parties. That just fell. Yeah. Wow. And of course, people like it's. it's I fully, fullheartedly believe it's democratic. Like uh, they still became a majority election, and they became a majority again. Um, so yeah, it, it's it is democratic. Um, however, I do really get that it no sense at all that someone that was just like a government that just fell because of scandals becomes the same government. And of course, people are going to distrust that. Like, even I distrust our government in certain parts. Like, I fully trust the democratic process, but uh, I think the best thing again to say is people are stupid. Why are you voting it back? Well, I think I'm sorry to do to trust the democratic process. It's the way it to me that. 
relies on voting system currency. You like the voting system is working for you? And you, you know, I'm not trying to say Trump won the election. I'm not, not trying to go there. But what I am saying is we know about um, Andrew Jack, uh, Joe Manor. You guys yeah. know what that is? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, does that sound like cool? No, no, no. There's a lot of unfair practices that have happened for a very long so, time. I mean, you can start with just that um, and be like, yeah, that probably shouldn't be doing that. You know, or it should just be real clear lines, fucking curtain blocks, and that's it. Um, but we do have it. They do it. It's constant. Um, I actually like read recently that there's like way more Republicans inside of California than I thought, but it's been because of gerrymandering that Republicans typically don't win elections. Um, but so um, I've also I have to look up the actual research. Uh, it's also proven that at least on, on state levels, Republicans do the same. Uh, for oh yeah, example, right. they, oh, oh. it happens everywhere. Right. Yeah. Also, the issue, like, like even it doesn't matter which party is in power, right. they're they're both hurting the democracy. They're both hurting free speech. Like they're both making doubts that should not be there. Well, it doesn't feel like voting should be that hard. Like have the same rules for everyone, everywhere, and make it easily accessible. It doesn't seem that hard or something. You have to have so much loss. Oh yeah, I mean, and it's.
I can't drive a car without an ID. If I get pulled over and I don't have my ID, I'm fucked. Yeah, I, this I fully 100% agree on. I don't get why people are making issue out of this. It, it, of course, you need to identify who you are as voting. Well, here's the problem. I mean, the Republicans have their own set of like two words like integration and shit like that. I fucking hate this. The Republicans stands on integration. I fucking hate it. Um, but the left, uh, they love to scream racism. So. Here we come with this, hey, it makes sense, let's do this, and they're like, but that's racist. Well, okay, but hold on, so there's... This is very difficult because, in truth, no party is being honest when they're doing this kind of stuff. So, for instance, and and that's really tough because, like, so one thing Republicans did bad, you know, um, was, I think it was, what, North Carolina, South Carolina, one of the Carolinas, they tried to do something on voter ID laws, restricting voter ID laws. But if you look up and and there is, I forget what committee oversaw this and, and basically said it was racist, was they asked for specific information on demographics and then targeted um minorities on how they voted and got tried to get rid of each and everything that was commonly used by minorities specifically right and and it, it was looked at as a literal what are you talking about yeah yes and, no yeah so that one's really bad right but like there are other times where it's not bad but it's like when people are being so dishonest on both sides it's really hard to be able to sift through the bad that you just end up labeling it all as racist right like that's what a lot of people end up doing that, that, that's the issue because maybe the, the source um like this is one of the things i talked about the research thanks for actually describing the proper one uh, they are focusing but still there is merit to what they're saying however it's it's barking up the wrong tree so if there are so much people without an ID, maybe then that's something you need to fix instead of loosening such important restrictions. Mm. That's the thing, everyone has an ID. So if you actually go talk to people, you can go to any black neighborhood or any Hispanic neighborhood and be like, do you have an ID? They're like, uh, yeah, because you're kind of required to have one in society here. If you, unless you're an illegal immigrant, um, you have an ID. Mm. And that's my bad segue to like criticize the Republican Party for integration. Um, I think we should absolutely like do way more to open up our board, but have a better checking line. Um, we have a lot of restrictions for coming to the country. We have restrictions, but if you just start registering everybody and say you can come here under these circumstances, um, check in at the door, here's your social security number, if you get a job. Pay taxes, you know, where are you going to live? Are you going to live with your mother, your, your daughter? Where are you going to live? We want to know that. Um, put them a fucking ID as soon as they cross the border, an ID that's accepted in America. You know, and just, just, if you want to come here, let them. This is a big fucking country, you know. But, and then this is another thing say, okay, you're going to come here, but let me in, but you can't use the government resources for free. We can't just be like, this. My wife sees it working in the hospital. We've got people who actually get pregnant. They come here, and as soon as they cross the border, they go to a hospital. They do shit. And it's $100,000 bills at a hospital or whatever it is, and they'll never get the money. And that's it. It has to come from the government. The government fucking compensates them. So there's plenty yeah. of resources there. So if you're going to come here, come here, go get a job, start paying taxes. You can't, you can't come here and get. Will be a drain on resources such as healthcare, which is a big drain 
those numbers will be looked up. No, yeah, healthcare, and also um, uh, there's like uh, other social fraud. You know, like I know uh, I was living in Mississippi, and there's a common understanding that um, there are some immigrants that come over and will, you know, ask for or obtain other people's like social uh, insurance numbers mm -hmm. and stuff and start using that to get certain checks for you know like uh, food stamps or whatever you know um <laughs> that does happen i don't know that the numbers are on it i don't know if it's the super biggest deal in the world but it is stuff that we all agree just shouldn't happen anyway you know what i mean like yeah i, I do agree with that um, it's also you get into the point of um humanitarian versus economics and um even though something might be the humane thing to do. So one of the main arguments would probably be, um, yeah, they're pregnant, they might not survive if they deliver the baby anywhere else, they had no choice. Um, and they might be right. Like, I'm not going to uh, say that those people are wrong or diminish those who are experiencing that. But at the same time, you are still living in a country which has to be ran. Uh, it's still depending on finances. Uh, it becomes those really thing where you go from realistic to utopic. Yeah. And you're now trying to fix problems that are there by doing the wrong thing that might actually create more problems. Yeah, I mean, like, I wouldn't even say it's it's like a separation of like utilitarianism versus that. It's really just uh, people don't realize how much of politics and things involves ethics in the first place. Even economics involves ethics, you know, like you have to be able to separate between, um, what makes sense for a country uh, and the country's happiness versus, you know, smaller situations where, where you're looking at like an immigrant coming over and really needing help, you know, and being able to discern what, what the right choices and all of that. And it's very difficult to navigate. I, I try to stay away from economics for the most part, because I'm an idiot when it comes to economics. And it's such a, I honestly, I'm not even convinced most people, even people that study economics know what the fuck they're talking about, <laughs> to be honest. Like, <laughs> we're basically all yeah. chasing a ferry, but, but it, like we're all chasing something. So yeah, no, I, I took a, I, 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 I tried to take a course in economics. I watched a few lectures and stuff as well. And like, I, I just basically, it was all like, here's one guy's theory. Here's another guy's theory. Here's another guy's theory that totally disagrees with that. And just kept going and going and going. I was like, does anybody know what the fuck's going on <laughs> at the end of it? I was more confused when I took the courses <laughs> than I was when I started, you know? So I, I, the thing about economics is that most of it is theoretical. Mm -hmm. It's not like, if we do this, this is the outcome. Because you can get five different economists who will give you five different answers. Um, so that's, that's kind of the problem. Yeah. It's all theoretical because a lot of it is, you're not dealing with such an objective thing as just money. You're also dealing with sociology at the same time, right? Like, like how yeah. it, it's so much to deal with. It's, it's fucking insane. So yeah, they, they, make it, they make it more complex because of fiat currency and you know, I'm a crypto guy and all that stuff. Yeah. They, they intentionally make it more complex so much so that we are all confused as a society how money works and where it goes and where it comes from and how do we get it and so I mean, yeah, yeah I mean we're at a point where I think it's a means of control personally I think but may, may I maybe make a segue back to censorship yeah we need yeah. this happens so often like we just ramble on about something we forget oh yeah shit we have <laughs> I didn't forget and, and cryptocurrency to me is an anti-censorship measure um, because uh, being able to say things and express yourself, um, there is an element of, of maybe earning um, 
on your platform for listeners. So let's say you have a podcast or a website or some other uh, form of expression, uh, and you have members and things like that. Or maybe you just have a blog or a podcast and PayPal shuts you down for your hate speech. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Or, uh, you know, um, really gas can shut down how many times. You could just be scared to donate because of getting doxxed because you're donating to a hate speech guy. Right. And so so there's the double problem. For one, the privacy of making a donation and two, accepting a donation from somebody. So things like Bitcoin are, in my opinion, censorship resistance. Um, They can prevent that blocking of expression that happens through centralized any systems like PayPal or credit card systems or something like that. to fuck off. <laughs> and you get to now say, you know what, fuck you. And uh, bust out of your crypto and send 50 bucks to somebody without fear of reprisal for expressing yourself. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point, yeah. actually. Uh, yeah, we're, we're getting some freedom back in uh, anonymity, you know, and, and that's really awesome because... Yeah, I, I haven't even thought about this stuff really, honestly, when it comes to donations. A lot of uh, different oh, yeah. content creators are getting deplatformed. Yeah. My, my, my PayPal account got shut down years ago. Uh, so I, I'm deplatformed all the time. I mean, we're kind of seeing this now, but it's been happening to me for like, you know, 12 years. So, um, you're ahead That's of it, really yeah. Good point. Yeah, which I also wanted to get into because you also are experiencing censorship in a certain way. So, for example, mm-hmm. your PayPal getting closed um, mm-hmm. for running a ClearNet website that's not mm-hmm. being charged. No, I've never been arrested. None of that nonsense. So it's like you know they don't like the content on that form. I get it. You don't like it. Um, disagree with it and think that maybe some of the members are doing stuff with the material that they shouldn't be doing. Um, you know, so based on those things, they decide, and I, I view that as censorship. I don't view that as anything else. They're not required by law to cancel my accounts. No, exactly. I mean, you, you've done nothing wrong. They are just, they are deciding that your content is not worthy of yeah. being sponsored for. I don't ever remember ever an instance of one company doing wrongdoing and they're suing a provider of that company. You know what I mean? So even the, I forgot the exact law that protects companies, not the DMCA, but there's a, a specific law written that protects internet service providers and online service providers from the actions of its uh, customers or clients. So this is why I could post something inciting people to kill someone on Twitter, and Twitter is not legally responsible. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, of course, real extreme, but that's the point, is I can literally tell someone, please kill somebody for me, or I think this person should be dead, you know, things like that. And Twitter's not responsible. If someone does go out and kill that person, it's not Twitter's fault. It's yeah, not no. Be on Twitter's account, no. Right. It, it, it like, and, and, it's, and this is in the law, and it's a, it's a smart law because that's how it should be. It's an OSP or an ISP. It's like, okay, you can go in and say, uh, my internet service provider, 
not irresponsible because, well, they went through their, their fucking internet. Why didn't they censor me when I was posting it? Like, yeah. why didn't they see that I was fucking connecting to a pedophile site and block me? Yeah. You know, they fall now. So, you know, these companies are not legally bound to take these censorship actions. And that, was, that circles back to the whole point of fucking Twitter and Facebook, Zuckerberg and, and fucking Dorsey being dragged in front of fucking Congress and questioned for fucking days about censorship and about, like, shit that's fucking going on. By people that don't know what the fuck any of that shit is either, like the people that were questioning them, and some of them I'm not even convinced knew what the fuck the internet was. Remember when you had the whistleblower? It was like two months ago. We had a Facebook one ago, uh, who came yeah. with like one terabyte of data, which just shows like, hey, uh, we're actually putting people in an echo chamber to engage people. Like, we want to get our oh. engagement up. So, no, of course, of course, you try to rile people up. I know that from, from my side. Like, if you post stuff that riles people up, you get responses. And responses get other responses. So, in a way, you want that a certain element of conflict in order to create engagement. Um, you need it for people to actually engage with your website we have alluded to this though and this needs to be brought up though um although there's their companies aren't legally obligated when it comes to censorship um we we are under a capitalistic society where um these companies have an obligation arguably in a lot of cases legally as well um to their shareholders and so a lot of these companies are arguing that they're censoring people because it's good for business, right? Um, is that a justifiable thing? Is there maybe a way the government or somebody or whatever could um, make it to where we can fix that kind of thing? I don't know. This is what brings me back to the point of, of the government used to break up monopolies. So if you control too much of that market, um, then that market power creates a monopoly. Monopolies are bad. They've always been bad. They continue to be bad. But now we have them all over the place and it's heroin. Um, the power that some of these companies have, and it's funny because I don't agree with the left. The left is like anti-capitalism, but I'm not against capitalism. I'm against government in capitalism and government fucking giving away monopolies at their fucking will. Um, I mean, we used to not be like this 50, 60 years ago. We used to break up fucking companies. We, we told Rockefellers, you guys are too fucking powerful. Fucking sell all your oil companies, Standard Oil. They went to AT&T. I was fucking there for that. They said, you know what? We fucking own all the goddamn telephone lines. We're spitting you up, okay? And they also get so much society pressure. For example, in Holland, WhatsApp is very popular. Uh, WhatsApp is owned by Facebook, uh, so basically the, the things for, especially during Corona, for example, when you're at home, you can go, uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Twitter, sorry, Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp are used a lot. So basically, I would be completely isolated from my friends without the Facebook company, Meta, of her, what's now called, which is a very scary thing to think about. So, I'm really, I'm really hateful that, uh, WhatsApp and Instagram are owned by Facebook. And what I've noticed is, so WhatsApp in particular, I've used it. Amazing software. Facebook fucking sees what's going on and fucking Googles it up. 
gaining all the popularity. Feels Facebook has taken over WhatsApp. Do you feel it's expanded its audience or expanded the features of WhatsApp? Because mm-hmm. I don't feel like it has. Same thing with Instagram. Because these easily could have been turned into platforms that competed against Facebook directly. WhatsApp could have had a lot more um, rooms and services and all different types of stuff that more directly competing with people. Yes, exactly. Facebook connects people. So WhatsApp did that and, and allowed, allowed more vocal, uh, more speech, less censorship, uh, more freedoms and things like that. And privacy, which Facebook is fucking anti-privacy. Okay? So Facebook goes and buys this company that's a completely a privacy company and then fucking basically just lets it sit there. Yeah, it, it, it also kills innovation, because what you just said is yeah. a point, like, um, once there's no more competition, you, you don't have any reason to really innovate. Name for, take, for example, oh. the, um, the the storage feature on Instagram. I mean, that, it was very popular, it worked on Instagram. What did Facebook do after they bought it? They implemented it in WhatsApp. I mean, nobody is using it. And they implemented it in Facebook, in which people are also nobody using it. So, they're just... Buying your competition to stop innovating, copying the same shit on every platform they own, and you basically just get the same crap everywhere. And, and the platforms don't compete against Facebook. That's really just like so. These are these are government fucking sanctioned monopolies. They don't want to break them up. So I have a real problem when when you try to talk about like the, the open market. The market decides. No, there definitely isn't. But what if we ended up breaking up Facebook, breaking up these monopolies, and they separated into a reasonable amount of other companies, but yet these companies still practice censorship because of shareholders, because they made more money when they did censor people? Is that an issue? And they might, and they might. Um, um, but then it would be a true capitalist free market. Um, and I think that you would find based on my experience and um, that more people are willing to be on a platform that has less censorship. And so they might, and also too, it wouldn't seem like that censorship driven voice like on Twitter or Facebook is represents everyone. And so they try to make people who are censored feel like they're 1%, when in reality they might be 30% or 40%. Mm-hmm. And so by pushing them off the platform, um, they basically, or, or forcing people not to say things, you know, it, it takes away their ability to have that power and that connection. Okay. And also to, to combine what you said, which I really agree with the start of the podcast, uh, which combines with what uh, Sly just said, it's fear, it's shareholder fear. So if you have, for example, in the, uh, the shareholder portfolio... I, I feel like now it's not shareholders. Again, it was when they fucking brought these fuckers in front of Congress is when really saw the centuries that ramp up. Okay? That's when we saw it. They had no... They don't give a fuck. They're not... They, okay, the, the Facebook whistleblower who said, oh yeah, they're purposely pitting people against each other. They don't give a fuck what the content is. They just want it. Okay? They didn't allow the KKK to be there. They didn't allow all this shit. They didn't care. They didn't care fucking five years ago. They barely had any fucking 
censorship five years ago. And then did it start when they fucking went after them in front of fucking Congress. Also, like, oh, yeah, we got shit. Yeah, you fair know? enough. I mean, I, there's when definitely... When the Trump fucking election, when, when he got elected, there was almost no censorship. By the time his fucking presidency was over and there was the new fucking election, there was tons of censorship. I mean, truth is, when you have a monopoly, you're able to stop caring about what the market is saying. And so you are able to do things like censor people exactly. just because you want exactly. to. Yeah, exactly. that is that is very true. Um, yeah, that's, my, that's my view. Yeah, no, that, well, uh, I, I think that's reasonable. Yeah. To, to maybe, because uh, I also see we're already, damn, we're already near the time again. Holy shit. Things are going so quickly. Yeah. Uh, I really wanted to ask to make a little bit, we also like to, at the end, make it a little bit hack forms related. Um, and I think the ah. most interesting part is to ask how you are experiencing censorship on hackers itself. Like you are also in a spot um, of certain power, like with absolute power, but in a certain place where you can also access, um, you could access censorship. And I know people are probably going to say in the comments like, you have closed people in the past, which is true, but uh, my own experience in SRPP that has been gone. Uh, which I really like. Like I honestly, lately, even during the Corona pandemic, SRPP is going in the right way where people are Um But how are you experiencing that balancing of what what to censor or what not? Um, well, I'm gonna. It's probably gonna all sound like a weird cop out, and I know you know. I'm probably going to get some criticism for this, but um, I still feel like uh, this is this is not a public company. This is a small, privately owned company that I run. Um, I don't feel like I censor anyone um, because even this fucking asshole, especially in SRPP, someone could say the fucking worst shit ever. I might close their account, but guess what? You the don't delete the post. You don't delete the post. 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 I'm no, like, that's, I'm really really that's fair. So, yeah. I might be kicking them off my platform, but I don't necessarily feel I'm censoring them. I know it's technical and shit like that, but sometimes you just don't want a fucking asshole on my site. You know, I just, if someone treats me like an asshole, someone treats the website like an asshole, um, maybe you're disrespecting other members like being a real fucking troll. And yeah, I'm probably going to fucking kick you off, and sometimes I do make a decision that's more personal than it should be. You know, it's, you know, if, if someone can say, well, Facebook platform, they can do what they want. Well, Facebook is a big giant conglomerate with policies. Me, I'm just Jesse, who just, you know, I'm just Omni, who just like, fuck it, you pissed me off and you're off my site. So, I don't know. Is it cool? No, probably not. And But I can't imagine a world where I'm sitting here for fucking so many hours a day uh, working and shit being involved in my site for all these years and not taking offense or taking it personal when someone does some bullshit. No, that's fair. I mean, I have I have a question that I really wanted to ask before we get wrapped up, and I think this uh, is a good segue to just asking. Uh, so. I don't know if you, you want to get into this specific instance, but I saw that you had closed Focus Broken. And so I wanted to ask about um, censorship as far as it comes to really heavy misinformation or bad faith misinformation. Uh, or do you agree that that's okay to censor sometimes? Or, I mean, again, you didn't delete his post or anything, but. Um, no, I, 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 I honestly, I don't, unless it's 
Well, it's just like straight spam or something straight up like in our, our policy. I don't jump the threat. But if someone's got like a real asshole opinion, I just I just leave it. I mean, I don't find that a reason to edit, censor, delete. What about like Facebook though, when it comes to like how, how influential they are to um, people's rhetoric and their understanding of how life is going? What if somebody like is getting really popular by blatantly giving out complete bad faith misinformation just to throw people off and make the world burn? Is that something worth censoring? If I may respond, I don't think it's worth censoring. It's worth putting in the time to disprove what they're saying. I think it's tough. Um, I wouldn't say no. It's the worst censoring. Um, maybe it's. I mean, this is what they used to do in the past: was flag stuff. Um, like, hey, this is adult content, or this is this, or, you know. But now it's straight up like suspending the accounts or removing mm -hmm. the, the material. So if you remember, they used to do things like flagging and shit. I've even seen them flag and put a link. They say this is uh, this has been declared as um, partially or fully misinformation, and they'd show like a link to uh, why it was. And I, I really like yeah. that. You know, I thought that was a balance. Um, mm -hmm. I don't feel like you, I think you're losing that balance. I think if you want to like, you know, uh, what's going on here? Just I can just give examples all day long personal experience but it's out there it's serious sense yeah. you know? at, at, at the same time like it's it's for example uh, I think there's a really good comparison and I honestly think like, Hackforms has basically a good baseline for example uh, you can ban someone you can close someone but you should not delete their opinions uh, mm -hmm. and something should not be permanent for example probably if you're banned on Twitter Facebook you know and they're really on to you um, you can hardly come back. For example, I think you're a great example of this, Sly. I mean, um, originally you were also on a closed account. Uh, can you hear me, guys? Yeah. yeah, yeah, we can hear you. But originally Sly was also on a closed account, and but he contacted you on me, and he is allowed to come back. So, um, yeah, I don't know if you remember, that... but I did contact you, and I will say, like Omni was very fair about it. You know, I, I had. Uh... Yeah, but not to, to like praise someone specifically because something people are certainly going the same way they hear this. Uh, but mm -hmm. it, it, they should do like having the same, for example, a Facebook or a Twitter. Like, even if someone like crossed a line, uh, there's always people in place when the decisions are made. It's, it's never fully, completely out of it. A road back uh, to redemption. Yeah. Yeah. So when one person, like maybe someone has a really bad. Fuck this entire guy! Uh, I'm just going to permanently ban him from my platform. It, it might be just a moderator, Twitter, you know. It doesn't even have to be an owner or something. Um, and that permanent ban is never going to be reversed. Mm -hmm. So it, it's also it comes back to the human part, where if you make everything too cold, too stone cold when it comes to rules, and you don't have that personal aspect, like okay, yeah, maybe you made a mistake in the past, and maybe I didn't agree with you, but you're still allowed to come back if you didn't really fuck up that badly. Yeah. <laughs> well, this will, this, will, this will get maybe a few people's attention. I've thought about that a lot. Like, just, I'm in like a mood or something, like a good mood, or I'm just feeling maybe bad about the legal town, you know, taking an action, closing somebody in. I think like, you know, maybe one day I should just let all 
other people I marked as asshole, which that's what I put in the notes when I when I close you for a personal reason. I just put asshole in the notes and close you out. <laughs> so all the staff notice, like when you see it, they're like, "Yo, why is that account closed? Asshole." <laughs> which is basically like letting all those people come back. This is something that should be done, yeah, yeah. you know, that other people can see like they're close. <laughs> <laughs> just asshole, yeah. Or just make it a user title or something, you know, to have a yeah. distinction. But then, uh, oh man, uh, uh, because well, the one thing that I was thinking about, I saw a tweet today again which you posted, like, uh, it was this guy that just kept on scamming people, threatened you, like, those people should have allowed to back. There should be some kind of cut off, like, you're, you're just a dick, you have nothing to contribute, you just can completely yeah. go fuck off. But this has nothing to do with well, opinion. Maybe that's part of my is that I have dealt with some very fucking bad people, just people with bad intentions, people who, and they, they often escalate, you know what mm. I mean? I mean, I could do right by them and just ban them for a week, and then after a week, they fucking double down and shit. I go, fuck you, like, fucking ban me for a week. Yeah, then you're just... You know, and then I try, and then I find that engaging with people, about like what they did or trying to justify or fucking say well hey you kind of acted like this it doesn't usually work out for me it usually puts me in a fucking worse mood and then they, then they start threatening me shit like that or it gets fucking blown out of proportion i don't in too many of those circumstances to do with the bullshit this is why often i'm just like fuck you your clothes you're done well, you can also um, experience uh, owning uh, a store, right? And I've, I've been a manager before and stuff. And you know that if you're too nice to people and if you let too many things go, people will just abuse that. Yeah, they'll yeah. walk all over you and they'll they'll try to get everything out of you, you know? I used to be the worst store owner in the world. Uh, I mean, but I, would, I also have a question to ask on to this. I would not work with the hack farms. I would literally take customers out. They'd be coming in. <laughs> They would fucking be like, insult me or insult the store. So I'm like, get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. Yeah, just get the fuck out. I'm in New York City, you know? Dude, yeah. These would be like, they come in and sell me price like 200 bucks. And he goes, nah, this ain't worth more than 50 bucks. I'll give you 50 bucks for it. And I'm like, nah, get the fuck out. Yeah, that's and New York for you, though. Like to somebody. <laughs> originally came from Dutch people because we are exactly the same. Like, this <laughs> 50 euros, we're not going to pay 50 euros. <laughs> Get the fuck out. <laughs> but to ask, like, because uh, I think it's really good to go, the band, you, we used to have those amnesty days, right? Where you like unbanned, a lot of people have permanently banned stuff like that. If I yeah, well, there's a difference between a close account and a banned account. Close accounts are literally like, it's more of a permanent action. Like yeah. all the rewards are removed, all the fights are removed, all the groups are removed, and you're basically placed in like this dead account zone into a dead group, a closed group. Um, mm -hmm. Versus a banned account, obviously that's banned. What I've done in the past was when I did those amnesties was just basically empty out the bands table. But like, so everybody who was banned would be unbanned. Yeah. Well, whenever you did that, like, did it cause a lot of aftermath? Um, did it cause like a lot of majorly bad people going back instead of like properly people who maybe learned a lesson and can actually contribute? Say that no, but I also don't think there's too much positive effect either. You know what I mean? It's not like 
too because it, it, it like people can learn from their mistakes and it's also often good to for example think of when you hit the 25 percent you're limited for a day like it gives you a day of pull-off period to think about what you did it's not that permanent yeah there, there are some people like a cutbird who just don't learn i mean they come back just get limited two days <laughs> after again for a month come back and just when i saw your post about him maybe getting i was like Fuck yes, please close that motherfucker. <laughs> oh man. I, I like hate people that them. often. I don't know. I, I don't hate people that often, but I hate the French and I hate Cuthbert. That's about it. If he's French too, I fucking ultra. <laughs> oh god, European stuff. So Cuthbert, right? This guy, everything he does turns into religious fucking threat. I mean, you could be talking about cell phones. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> we, we, we noticed you were cutting out because we hit the Jesus Christ again. Yeah. <laughs> well, can you hear me now? Yeah, you're good, yeah. you're good. Yeah. Okay, Cuthbert. Say Cuthbert and God strikes me down and about to say some evil shit about him. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, he's right. <laughs> <laughs> he so might be onto something. Yeah, I think I'm going to cut that. Like, maybe we'll <laughs> you know, so after being stricken with thunder by a Clippers god, we're back. So I had one question left, uh, which is so um, it, it goes a little bit back with the part again, like about emotion. Uh, and this is my this is like from my perspective. Like I've gotten to know you from for example, also our discussions in SRPP that you are also slightly emotional. Would you say that you would be an emotional person? And that it might sometimes inflict decisions. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's probably something everyone has. Like I, I have the same. I have to admit that sometimes when I'm someone based on the way they respond, that I I sometimes choose a stance based on the way the opposite op opponent is responding. And I think mm -hmm. that a lot of people do that. Speaking, it's cutting off. It's cutting off. Can you go a little bit closer? So you know, sometimes I'm moody, and you know, I take medicine for it. I'm not gonna lie. 
And, uh, you know, so being an asshole for me is an actual medical condition. <laughs> <laughs> I grew I want to use the. No, I think this really boils it down to basically every podcast is boiling down to now. Like, uh, we're in the end, we're all human. And yeah. we all make mistakes, we all do wrong things, and we just have to learn and hope things turn out all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think um, I'm, I'm totally like anti-hate. You know, you should just respect one another um, at least enough to get along. You know, people should be able to be in a room with people they disagree with. People should be able to be online on a platform uh, with people they disagree with. You know, so going back to why we're having censorship discussion. Think, you know what? I disagree. Get off my get off my podcast. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree with that 100. percent I really wish yeah. people would be a lot cooler with you know. Even if somebody has completely opposite opinion of you and you think the opinion's absolutely disgusting, see them as a human being that's had their own life and their own experiences and have come to their conclusions based on a lot of complicated things that you know are, are outside of your own view and be able to like. Respect them as another human being, as as hard as as you can, at least. You know, some people are really hard to respect, but you know, and try to try to have a conversation. You know, like that. That's at least a really good step. And I think well, that this but point you can't is, have a conversation if there's censorship. That's yeah, exactly. I, I think this is the perfect uh, summarization of the entire podcast and the perfect note to end on. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, is there anything? Hack forums related Omni that, that has caught your eye that you maybe want to point out to people. I know last time we pointed out that there was a few, uh, uh, you know, there was Cap doing his contest and uh, Pink doing their contest. Is there anything that's caught your eye lately, or or do you just yeah. have any general last words like, "Hey, this is yeah. something I want to get off my chest before we end"? Well, uh, you guys are going to put this podcast out next week, right? Yeah, yeah next Tuesday, Tuesday. What, December twenty first. First, yeah. Okay, so that's like five days before Christmas and stuff. Um, so at least I just do want to say that, like, um, I was going to do this big giveaway for December. Um, kind of had some weird stuff happening personally in, in the first week of December, which kind of interrupted my flow. But um, upon thought, you know, I was going to start late in December, but I think I'm going to start January 1st. I think once everyone gets past the holidays and the New Year's, we can focus on the site. And I'm going to be doing this, like, big giveaway, probably giving away about $2,000 in crypto. Um, to various members, and everything's going to get posted and announced before January 1st, but it's all going to start January 1st, so I want to know about it. Probably going to do a big email blast and let everybody know. Maybe I'll do something like a big amnesty and lift their wall off the ban list at 18. Um, so, everyone listening has that stuff to look forward to. Hell yeah. I mean, that's a good thing to end with. <laughs> <laughs> right? That basically means like keep an eye on the news and announcement sections. I, I just wanted to say one thing. I am so happy that you were also wrongly able to pronounce SRPP. Like, I always mix up the last <laughs> few. Like, is it SRRP? Is it SRPP? <laughs> if it happens to you, I'm... <laughs> uh, so I just, you know, too much in the world to remember. I'm getting it that I have to keep notes for everything, you know? I <laughs> watched a couple times and lost my train of thought. I went on a rant. I was like, Fuck, I had a point, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, that happens to everyone. Uh, only, I really want to thank you to be here. It's awesome. Also, I've seen you so enthusiastic about this and being able to 
Um, um, it's great to have this as a third episode. Thank you. Yep, uh, that wraps it up, guys. Uh, catch us next time. Hopefully, we can have Omni back on again soon at another point yeah. in time. Yeah, awesome. All right, we'll catch you guys later. Keeping that. Yeah, we'll keep it that. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm stopping.